Converting leads, closing deals, and performing amongst the top salespeople in your industry require more than just talent and experience. Hear from the best as we discuss the proven formulas they use to generate new leads and close deals on the science of business development. Hi, I'm Gray DeKalb, founder of Appointments IQ, co-founder of Tony P's Network and Events, and co-founder of Hubio. And this is the science of business development. Today, I'm joined by mentor, good friend, business partner, Tony Palella. How are you? Doing great, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So the running joke, obviously, everybody knows Tony as Tony P. And I guess I guess that makes me uh, somewhat special that I can actually pronounce it correctly, the last name. Oh, yeah. I've heard so many different versions of my last name. So uh, to hear people pronounce it right is, is awesome. It's music to my ears. We're very excited to unpack your story, learn a little bit about you and you know, really the, the science of business development, the numbers behind it, the analytics, you yep. know, um, what's worked for you, the methodologies you've used. Um, so if you can just share a little bit about yourself. Yeah. I, uh, grew up in the, you know, suburbs of Chicago and Arlington Heights, uh, went to university of Illinois for college and, uh, been living and working in the city for the past uh, 25 plus years. Uh, pretty much my whole career has been in a, a sales capacity. So uh, business development, networking, getting in front of people, that's my my bread and butter, it's my lifeblood. It's what I do every day. So, uh, but it's cool because it's something that just comes naturally anyways. Okay. And uh, everything just kind of flows from that. So let's talk about that a little bit because that's what I'm finding as I'm having conversations with people that have been very successful in business development. Um, a lot of times they say it's natural, but at some point there has to be something that keeps consistency mm -hmm. over a long period of time. So let's take, let's take a step back and, you know, what was kind of maybe the first sales that you would think of, um, maybe a college, um, role that you had, when did you start doing some business development and networking? Uh, you know, that's actually a pretty perfect segue because when I was at U of I, I was in a fraternity and, uh. I was a rush chairman or co-rush chairman for two years. And when you're rush chairman for a fraternity, it's basically the recruiter slash salesperson to get people to join. So you got to uh, really put your best foot forward. And plus, um, you know, I was going to a school where it was the largest Greek system of any college university in the world. So the competition's pretty fierce. Okay. Um, so we just uh, made sure that we showed people that we were fun, good guys, you know, got our got our work done and we we're also a wide variety of people we weren't like a bunch of cookie cutter people you know and uh i don't know just worked hard to make sure that when people came they felt very welcome and invited and uh just had a good time and would think okay out of all these fraternities i could join this is the one i want to join you know and and we <laughs> work hard to make sure we'd put that uh best foot forward for everybody yeah no that that's fantastic and then obviously while you were doing that you were having a lot of fun <laughs> yeah a little bit of fun here and there Nope, between, fair, between studying here and there. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but when was that moment, maybe whenever the president came up to you and said, man, you are really good at this. I mean, when did you kind of figure out, okay, this is a niche for me. I'm, I'm good at approaching people. I'm good at inviting people. You know, when did that, when did that become apparent for you? You know, ironically, it happened before I actually assumed the role uh, is that I was like uh, part of a team that was helping the previous year. Uh, when I when I just joined, okay, and I was I was helping with the the rush chairman team. I was helping with the social chair team. So basically, anything involved, you know, 
gone having fun and recruiting people. Those are the two things that just kind of naturally what I gravitated towards. Okay. And um, so then when it came time for people to pick who would be running the, the rush events and everything, be the rush chair, it's like it was kind of unanimous. People said, yeah, Tony, you should do it. You know, so I kind of uh, was groomed for it uh, a year earlier. Nice. Um, and was that uh, was that something you, you wanted to do then? I mean, like Aspire, like you knew all along, okay, this yeah. is going to be cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah but I, ironically, though, here's, here's the funny part, though, is that I – was a psychology major in school and I was a peer counselor for three years in high school. I was a peer counselor four years of college. So my original path was to become a PhD clinical psychologist. And that was what I went to college for was to go that route. And ironically being in a fraternity, doing the rush chairman stuff, doing the sales and marketing and recruiting yeah. and the social chair stuff. It's a, it just, it kind of, Something my brain told me like, hey, this is this is what I should be doing, you know? It's like it's like kinda my career path changed, you know, like my it's, second year of college. That's that's interesting. It's almost like you you were studying psychology, mm. but then naturally you put your psychology into practice mm. and understanding people, understanding, you know, what's gonna make sense for the fraternity, how you're gonna route it out and things of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. But you didn't necessarily know that, hey, I'm taking psychology to understand people to drive this. You were thinking you're gonna be you know, okay. Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> so obviously, um, you know, you you go through uh you go through school, mm -hmm. you um you're originally from Chicago, mm -hmm. correctly? Yeah, Chicago okay. Heights suburbs. Okay, so uh, coming back here, and then talk to me a little bit about your your first job. And um... oh yeah, so uh, ironically, actually was a recruiter my first job out of school, working for a firm that did a lot of work with Motorola. So this was in the God, this was a long time ago. It was like in the mid '90s. So this is like when. Uh, you know, everyone had like dial-up modems and whatnot, and uh, and like Motorola and U.S. Robotics. All these companies were cranking those things out. So those were two of our clients. So we were actually doing recruiting for people that were engineers for like dial-up modems and stuff like that. It's like how old school it was back then. And uh, yeah, so I was doing recruiting. Then I got um, uh, into sales at a, at a printing company a couple years later, and then. Got into the software world a couple years after that. So most of my career has been in technology sales, software, okay. like internet startups, web performance companies, internet security, stuff like that. Technology, IT. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's great. So as you're as you're beginning your sales career mm -hmm. and you get the you get the psychology and you're understanding people, you're doing business development and these type of things. Mm -hmm. um, help us understand a little bit about your methodology, how you, how you went about doing business development back in those days. Uh, you know, back then it was just smile and dial, you yeah. know, it was like, it was kind of funny. I mean, pounding the phones. I mean, that's, that's basically what any yep. sales manager ever worked for. That was, that was their whole thing was just get on the phones, just, just keep calling till you get people to say yes. And, um, you're going to get a lot of no's, get a lot of rejection. You just gotta, just gotta keep working those phones. And it's funny because, you know, Part of that still rings true today, but for the most part, yeah, that's pretty antiquated way of doing things. I mean, now the world we live in, there's so many other methodologies to get in front of right. people and get people's attention. But back then, it's like, I mean, the internet was, I mean, it was there. It's just, it wasn't as uh, pervasive as it is now. Right. And all these different tools that we have, are, and we didn't have smartphones and 
it's like you basically just had to just make a lot of phone calls, you know. But I, I actually was starting to go to networking events too. But, okay. But even then, networking events were they're just very just stodgy and serious, and I don't know, they just weren't they weren't fun, you know. Okay. So like it was just kind of. I don't know, just felt very, <laughs> I don't know, just very just structured and stuffy, you know? Okay. Um, but but that, was, that was an effective way. And then obviously trade shows, conferences were good ways to meet people and find new business opportunities or new uh, uh, clients. Yeah, yeah. Like no, that, that's fantastic. So if I'm understanding you correctly, it's kind of like you were always looking for different channels or different arrows, more or less, in Quiver to, to touch people and to, to do business development. Definitely, yeah, okay. because um, I think most people listening to this will agree that cold calling's not fun. I mean, it's 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 a it's a necessary mm-hmm. evil, but I think most of us don't really enjoy it that much. So it's always just a way of trying to think outside the box and try different methods, try different ways to uh, to get your desired end results, which is you know more meetings, more clients, uh, more commission checks, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for sharing that in regards to the cold calling and the smiling and dialing. Um, that's where my start was as well uh, with RH Donnelly, Yellow Pages. That's what we did. Yep. We sat there and we would pound out, you know, 100, 150 calls a day. Every morning we would wake up, we would, you know, we would see how many calls we made the previous day, yep. what our talk time was, yep. and all of these different things, right? Um, what was interesting about it? While it may be, it may seem to be a little bit more antiquated in today's, um, you know, time. But what was interesting about it is there was always a direct correlation between the person that had the most dials and the most talk, talk time, the person that had the most sales. Oh yeah, you know. So and and I always recognized that. I didn't always see myself as you know the best, most polished, or what have you. But I did understand numbers mm-hmm. and. And I'll never forget, um, you know, one of my mentors back in those days, uh, he came up to me and he's like, look, you want to know how you, you want to know how you get ahead of, of some of these other sales reps and get ranked higher? I'm like, okay, what? you know, he's like, when you're ready to pack up your bags every night, you're done. You're done for the day. Okay. You're ready to, you're ready to head out. Okay. You stop and you think to yourself, I got to make five more calls. That's it. Yep. Five more calls. And then I'm home. And then I can go and do whatever I want, turn on the sports, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, you know, and that just like that little nugget of information, like you read all these sales books and all these how to's or what have you, mm-hmm. but that little nugget of information is just stuck with me personally. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, in that regard, right. So we, we understand that it's a numbers game, mm-hmm. the smiling and dialing, um, and now we're talking about other touch points, right? Yep. You're talking about the uh, the evolution of social media, mm-hmm. the networking piece of things. And what's interesting is that's when we actually really started to meet. Oh, yeah. So uh, we had that conversation, you know, kind of just collecting notes and thoughts on that. Um, but I'll let, you, I'll let you share that story with us. Um, you know, help me understand, you know, why were you going to networking events? Um and if you can share a little bit about our first time meeting. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, I think one of the biggest things is with networking events is just the whole concept of being able to interact with people off the clock. Because 
I think in the world we live in, between eight to five, everyone's so focused on the task at hand, like whatever their job function or role is. So when you're cold calling, you're you're essentially interrupting somebody's day. You know, when you're calling between eight to five, and when you go to networking events, it's you know generally they're after five o'clock, and people choose to be there because they want to network with other people too. So. It's a more open, receptive environment. And, you know, for the most part, people put their phones away. No one has a computer open. No one's, like, shown up at someone's desk to, like, ask them to do 10 different things. So you're in an environment where you get people that are receptive to talk, but also they're uh, they're off the clock. So they're, they're not as stressed and thinking about work. And they want to meet new friends just like you do. So, um, and then obviously, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we do these at bars and clubs and restaurants where there's, you know, some beverages going on, it's a little, little social lubrication, if you will, it kind of loosens people up a little bit, but, um, it's all about just making friends and people feeling comfortable and having a good time and smiling and laughing because then people's guards or defenses are down and they're just going to be more open, receptive to what you have to say. And, and plus, you know, you're a human being looking at someone directly across a table or at a bar or, mm-hmm. or in a room. You're not just another voice that's calling them another, you know, email that's being sent to them. You're, you're an actual human being. And also what I've learned a long time ago is that when you're at a networking event is obviously business is a main focus, but you try to talk about things that have nothing to do with business, like family, friends, you know, sporting events, restaurants, you know, vacations, like anything topical that, makes people more happy and relaxed at ease too. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because I remember when we were doing some networking Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to get into, you know, our business partnership Mm -hmm. uh, here in a moment. Uh, But on the onset, when we were doing some networking, Mm -hmm. you, you took a step back and said, Hey, Greg, you know, relationship first, just the the long game, Yep. you know, Uh, admittedly, you know, I'm very action oriented. I, yes, <laughs> yes, you are. You, you know that about me. <laughs> and, um, you know, for the most part, it's, it served me well. I stub my toe every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Um, but at any rate, yeah, it's, it's important though, whenever you're networking, even though you do want to meet the person, you know, and you have quotas, numbers, and sales, and these type of things that are always on your mind. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, and it does. It, 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 changes the dynamics of that first conversation, you know, and it's, and it's like, if you don't start with a relationship approach first, then most likely that there's never going to be a relationship or, you know, it's kind of like if you go up and you say, Hey, you know, what do you do? What do you do? You know? Okay. I don't see an immediate need for us to engage. Okay. But if you start with that relationship, people change, people evolve. And that's, what's been what I've noticed with a lot of our network. Mm -hmm. A lot of these individuals have become business owners and entrepreneurs. And now they're, they're, you know, going into the next step of their career or whatnot. Now before when there were a sales rep at a corporation, what have you, um, as a, as a business owner, they weren't the target prospect, right? Yep. Uh, but you still take the time to build that relationship, get to know them, follow them in their career. It's an opportunity for you to help them. Exactly. You know, and then when their when their timing comes, they become uh, they open up their own business, what have you. Uh, it's going to be a much more fruitful conversation. Exactly. And, and plus, your thing, too, is 
no one should ever prejudge anyone mm-hmm. you mean because you just you just never know who that person is or who they know and um and that's why you know always give people you know very clear instructions like just just be yourself and have a good time yeah. just just make new friends and even if you meet someone that's in a totally different industry that has nothing to do with you do it's like still engage with the person get to know them a little bit open minded yeah because you know they might have a brother or a neighbor or a cousin or just somebody that could be the perfect fit for what you're trying to do. You know, you just never know. And, and plus just in general, it's just, just good to just be a nice giving person and, and always um, ask the other person more questions about them first and kind of learn their mm-hmm. story and then tell your story. Cause I think a lot of people, especially people who are in any sort of sales capacity, mm-hmm. want to talk about how great their product or service is and try and sell everybody in the room. But that that kind of uh, reputation gets you know spread around the room pretty quick. Quickly. That, that you're that all oh, you're that sales guy that's really annoying. You know, don't talk to that guy. You know, so so instead, just be the the, the fun person who asks a lot of questions, just takes a genuine interest in somebody else, and and talk about things other than business related topics. And and it's amazing how when you go to these events, they'll be much more fruitful, they'll be more fun, and. And yeah, you, you do want to play a long game. As me and you always say to each other, it's a marathon, it's not mm-hmm. a sprint. And uh, and I think, you know, people put the time and energy into getting to know people and, and making new friends and, and contacts. Um, the doors open very wide over time. And and uh, you just get that reputation of being one of the good guys, one of the good people that people want to talk to and gravitate mm-hmm. towards. And then, then that work is a lot more fun. It's a lot more easy. It's not work then. It uh, yes, uh, I, I completely agree. Um, over over time of watching you at work and <laughs> having that front row seat, um, you know, I feel like a, I'm getting there. You know, I still got a lot to learn from you, uh, which is which is great. Which what we're trying to do, uh, but kind of the common theme yeah. that I've heard throughout your story, and that yeah. I'm hearing through a lot of people's stories that are successful, yeah, is helping others. Exactly. You know. And, and I, I heard you say that, and I think it's fair to say, like, maybe whenever you go into that networking event, right, and you have that goal, you have that quota, you have that sales quota, mm-hmm. we, we all have that, right? Yep. And you're like, you're going there because you want to meet contacts, okay, that's all fair, right? Yep. But maybe just one event, you just kind of flip the script on yourself, yeah, right? And, and instead of saying, how many people can help me, you go in there and you say, okay, let me walk in here. Oh, yeah. Talk to as many people as I can. See how many people I can help. Yep, exactly. You know, see what see what comes of it. You know, it can't oh, yeah. hurt. You got to try try different things. And when exactly. we start talking about statistics and numbers and all these different things, it is about trying, testing, regrouping, doing it again. Um, you know, in, in the digital marketing world, we do a lot of A-B testing. Yep. You know, and over time, you get an idea of statistically – what is going to work, right? Exactly. So that said, statistically, and what is going to work, um, you know, you're, you've gone through, uh, you're, you're doing these sales roles in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to these networking events. Was there a point where you said, okay, I have to go to as many events as possible because I know if I go to X amount of events, you know, it's going to generate X amount of conversations. Did you ever think about it that way? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there was a stretch of time uh, where, heck, I was going to probably like six or 10 events a week. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, breakfast events, luncheons, happy hours. I mean, heck, sometimes even events on the weekends too, because, um, you know, as we said, it's a numbers game. And the more people you get in front of, the more relationships you, you build up, then the more, you know, swings at the ball you get, the more shots mm-hmm. on goal you get, you know? So there was definitely a stretch time where I was going with like a ton of events. And, uh, and that's also kind of a segue into how, I started the the newsletter in the Facebook group mm-hmm. is because I was going to so many events and you know you know as well as anybody that you know events could be ten dollars it could be twenty dollars it could be thirty dollars it could be fifty dollars you know depending on what's involved and the audience and uh, that adds up after a while <laughs> so so there was a point where I'm always spending like hundreds of dollars a week just going to events and some things I could expend some things I couldn't you know and then plus obviously you got to figure you know parking travel you know food drinks you know it's like it all adds up so i started working with a lot of people that ran events i said hey um i was wondering if i got an idea it's like i can help you get more people here but what i like in exchange is you know maybe a free ticket for me and a friend or you know some drink passes or whatever just something to kind of defray some of the costs in exchange for helping to get more people to show up to their events and and it actually worked really well. I mean, people like to barter, especially if there's value that's, you know, reciprocal, that's going both ways. And, uh, and that's how the whole Tony P's Network Events calendar newsletter, <laughs> that's how it all started, was just using a way to be able to go to as many events as possible, but to try and defray some of the cost, but then also adding value to someone else, not just being the taker, making sure like, hey, because the amount of money that someone would lose or or give up for me having a free ticket or some free drinks, they more than made up that 10 times, 100 times over with all the people I got to show up by helping to promote their events on social media. Ab- absolutely. And it's, it's interesting you say that. I mean, it's a, it's a small investment to, mm-hmm. to get somebody, you know, comfortable to get them in, you know, talking to you and things like that yeah. to, to see all the different things that you guys could possibly uh, collaborate on. Exactly. So, so going back to the uh, the networking uh, yeah. or continuing on with the networking piece of it. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna get into uh, the, the Tony P's networking yeah. uh, events part of it. Uh, but you said something interesting just a moment ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I never heard before. Okay. I've heard I've heard a lot of different stories and okay. a lot of different variations over the years. <laughs> But you, you said there was a point in time where I was paying 10, 20, 50, and it adds up. So what I realized is that if I went to these networking and I offered to help them, mm-hmm. you know, I could get these in, I could get in for free or, you know, get special deals or almost like that, you know. And I think, you know, just watch, being a partner with you and everything, yeah. I think that might, that was like your entrepreneurial moment there. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of, that's when you like, Hey, I'm, I'm Tony P I'm going to be in this event space, but you didn't really map it out. You didn't have a whole game plan or anything like that. You just wanted to get in for free because you knew that the more events you could get into and you could afford the more relationships you're going to build. Exactly. Exactly. And, and plus the other thing too is, you know, different places I've worked in the past. It's like, you know, sometimes I could expense events. Sometimes I couldn't, or sometimes I would have bosses that'd be like, wow, you spent a lot of money in events the last few weeks, you know? <laughs> so it's so something where I would, you know, find a way to, uh, like I said, to free the costs and make it more cost effective for, for everybody, you know? But, um, but yeah, it's that whole thing about, you know, 
working with people and always offering something of value first before asking for something. So I would always say, hey, you know, I know a lot of people. I know people that go to these events. Like, I can help get your attendance numbers up. And I presented to people, and pretty much everybody's like, okay, cool, let's do it. You know, so it's like it wasn't that hard of a ask or a, or a sale, if you will, because people saw the value in it and, and jumped on it. Yep. Hey, you can increase my audience. I get more eyeballs. Statistically, I have a better chance of, you know, accomplishing it, uh, accomplishing whatever it is that I set out to do. Right. Exactly. Um, very cool. So, one of the things, I, one of the things that um, I haven't had an opportunity to ask you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. We, we've been working together. We've been partners. We were mm-hmm. friends. We were going to these networking events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember like thinking, okay, this guy is amazing. You know, and I was, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is really cool because we'd sat down after one of those networking events and you'd introduced me to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you know, a whole new world type of thing. And, uh, and then you continue to show me LinkedIn, Yep. you know, and I get. I, I can't really remember. I think I was trying to figure out how it works and things like this. Maybe like early two thousands or something like that. Yeah, um, we were at a we were at a Cubs game when we first met. We were talking about LinkedIn. Okay. I was because I, I was talking about how cool it was and all this stuff. And I think you had just started using or kind of dabbling in it. And I was, and I got all excited. I was telling you how how great it is and how I'd be using it for about a year. And it, it got me all these meetings, got me all these uh, appointments, and got me you know, more sales clothes because it was a new way to uh, get in front of people without having to do cold calling. It was like another vehicle that was working really well. Yeah, no, that that's, that's, that's cool. Like, so you would, I would consider you an early adopter for like a new channel for business development, you know, oh, with yeah. LinkedIn. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, to this day you have a massive network and all that. Um, so going back to, um, to the story here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to networking events. You're kind of, you're taking me a little bit underneath your, your wing here, <laughs> mentoring me and, and showing me LinkedIn and these different type of things. Yeah. Um, but then there was a point in time where I came to with an idea yeah, for uh, a bit, our own business, Yep, you know, and I know what I was thinking and I've heard your version yeah. of, you know, what, what happened, Yeah, but I haven't asked you, what were you thinking? <laughs> are you talking about uh, appointments iq yeah, yeah. we're sitting at king cage yeah, yeah. we've told that story a million times yeah. i mean what are you what's going on in your head well i mean it was it was a combination of thinking okay this is this is kind of crazy and out there but then also um you know thinking hey uh this is a great way for us to branch out and kind of make our own path you know because I know we've been kind of grumbling about, you know, working for people and corporate America and this and that. And it was like, it was like our golden ticket to like start doing our own thing, you know, that we've been kind of talking about for years before and you presented it. And, you know, it was the classic case of being at a bar and having a napkin and a pen and writing some circles and lines and diagrams and everything. And, um, no, well, it's I, exciting. I, yeah, I appreciated it because when we were sitting down, you know, I felt like you were with me. You know, oh, yeah. you can understand like, okay, that's a great idea. You get that sometime from yeah. people, but no, you were like leaning over and engaged. Uh, the eyes were, you know, ready to go. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, you came up with uh, some ideas regarding networking and how mm. we go to market. You know, yeah. what, where did you come up with that? 
Well, I think it's just a matter of taking what we already knew in our sales careers and thinking, okay, what can we do to make ourselves unique and different, and uh, but also get in front of as many people as we can as quick as we can, because as you well know, it's like there's so many people out there selling something, and uh, I think one of the best products that me and you had to sell was ourselves. You know, it's like, as you always say, it's like, we meet with all these people that need lead generation services. It's okay. Well, there's companies out of like India and the Philippines and you know, all over the place, but, but it's us. We're the guys doing it. So you can actually sit down and talk to us. We can come to your office. We can do a zoom or whatever. You know, it's like, it's like, we're, we're, we're not just some faceless person somewhere else on the other side of the world. We're, we're right here. We could sit down and talk to you. And, and plus we do these events so you can come and meet a lot of people in person as well as over emails and calls, you know, it's like we had this kind of like multi-tiered approach of how to get people more appointments and more meetings with key decision makers. Yeah. And, and I think that's where a lot of, a lot of this is evolving, right? Mm-hmm. Cause when we started off uh, as sales guys in, you know, late nineties or early two thousands or yeah. what have you, um, you know, you got a few different options. You got trade shows, networking, email mm-hmm. not even really email that much you know no. but mainly yeah phone calls and networking that's about all there is to it and then fast forward 20 years you know here we are and it's like whoa look at all these different channels um oh, yeah with the with the networking piece with the linkedin piece um so it's it's kind of like before when they told you hey you got to make seven calls well not seven calls you got to make seven touch points mm-hmm. right yep. So now it's kind of, okay, well, let's look at all these different ways, you know, of touch points, okay? And let's figure out a system, you know? And actually, it, it's kind of nice because it's not the same, you know, phone call. Hey, how about yeah. now? How about now? You know, it's like, well, hey, maybe you like this piece of content or maybe we should connect on LinkedIn or, you know, maybe you're a social guy and you want to talk about the Cubs on Facebook. Exactly. You know, so you got a lot of different ways. And what I'm, what I'm sitting here and I'm kind of taking away from all this is that you were... Uh, you embraced networking events. You saw that that was going to be, you know, that's a good channel for you to do business development. You know, you knew that it was a numbers game. The more people I meet, et cetera. And then the next piece of that was, was LinkedIn. You yep. know, you were an early adopter on that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, almost, it, it it seems to me that you are, you are looking for different ways to connect with people and, and to continue a conversation and to build a relationship. Exactly. You know? And in terms of a business sense, if, if, you see a, a pattern or a, a timeline going, what would have been after next uh, of LinkedIn? You know what I mean? As far as like other, other interesting new touch points that have come up. Uh, so, so in the last few years, you mean like, yeah. um, well, I'd say definitely, you know, with Facebook, you know, they got different groups and pages, you know, that you can be in part of. And, uh, and actually, uh, Instagram has been phenomenal the last couple of years too. Wow. Um, I've been really For business. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, especially with like with our events, yeah. um, it's been it's been huge for that because uh, you know I'll show different pictures of events like to kind of promote them, and then pictures from the events, and then and then afterwards, and then promoting the next event, and um, so it's a way to very visual. Just, yeah, people are very visual, and plus, what's cool is that um, because Instagram is owned by Facebook, so they they play obviously well play well together, and then. Um, and then also recently, I mean, I've just started now dipping the toe in the water with TikTok, you know, um, cause TikTok's one of those things where I thought it was a bunch of 
goofballs dancing around, you know, whatever. And <laughs> and now I'm seeing all the stuff that TikTok's like one of the hottest things out there because it's everything goes viral pretty quick and easily. Okay. And uh, and plus it's like little snippets, like little 15 second little things. So because you know in this day and age, people's attention spans don't last that long. So you kind of gotta have something out there that's pretty quick and easy to get someone's attention. But um, and I think that's really what it comes down to, Greg, is like everybody's competing for someone's time and energy attention, no matter what it is, whether it's something social or it's something business, whatever. So you got to have something that's compelling that's going to get people to want to mm-hmm. click on your link or want to learn more about you or want to check out your event or learn about your product or service. So, I mean, you know, and we talk about this all the time. It's like we're not vanilla ice cream. We're not cookie cutter. It's like we're going to do some stuff that's a little edgy, a little out there. We're going to push the envelope a bit. And that's really what seems to get people's attention and gets people to want to talk to you when you are when you are a little different, a little out there compared to everybody else because – a lot of people have that herd mentality. They kind of do the same stuff as everybody else, and we're, we're not we're not wired that way. It's like we gotta try different things to Push the uh, envelope there. Yeah, exactly. Just get little little unique stuff going on that's gonna make people like, oh, I want to learn more about these guys, what they got going on. So yeah, and, and on that train of thought, we we talked a little bit about um, you know different touch points and things mm-hmm. like that. You talked yeah. about um, the newsletter a little bit earlier. Yep. Keeping spreadsheets, keeping tabs. Yep. Uh, walk us through how how the newsletter evolved and and then how that evolved into the Tony P's networking events that we that oh, yeah. we see and love today. <laughs> yeah, so so with the newsletter initially, what it was, this is so obnoxious. I can't believe I even did this, but <laughs> what I before there actually was a newsletter. What I would do is I would find you know several events that were coming up, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd map them out like you know weeks, months in advance. And then I had this like massive spreadsheet of all these people, first name, last name, email address. And literally what I would do is I would see upcoming events and I would send calendar invitations to like several hundred people. And a lot of people would be like, wow, thank you. They put on their calendar. And some people were like, dude, you're like filling up my calendar with all this stuff. Can you stop? You know? And uh, and a friend actually said, hey, you know what? Yeah, it's like you're blowing up people's calendars with some of the <laughs> events, you know, inviting them all this stuff. It's like, why don't you do like a like an online newsletter thing or something? That's kind of how it how it started. And then I set up this Facebook group, and I made it private, so it was like invite only. And that and that just kept growing and growing. And um and yeah and yeah, I mean, I got crazy Italian last name. No one else pronounce or spell. So Tony P's been one of my many nicknames over the years. So I just be like, hey, Tony P's networking events calendar, you know? And I would send it out to people, and people would love it. And people would say, hey, can you post my event on there? Or, or hey, when's, or can you add me to your list, you know? And it just kept growing and growing, like, uh, it's like this grassroots effort, you know? Mm-hmm. And what happened was... Um, you know, go to these events and then people would like walk up and be like, Hey, thank you. This event was great. You do such a great job. Blah, blah. I'm like, well, it's not my event. I'm like, I'm just, I just promoted it, you know, like, Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was your event. I'm like, no, like I get all your emails though. I'm like, yeah, well I just promote them just to help get them out there. You know, then that's when all of a sudden people started saying, well, why don't you do events? Like, you know, these people, it's like, you know what you're doing. You, you get, you're getting big audiences. And that's when, you know, I brought that up to you and and uh, and just for all listeners here, it's like I suffer a bit from analysis paralysis, and Greg is like a Nike slogan: "Just do it," you know. <laughs> so, um, so I know that for a few months there, you were, you know, knocking on my door and bugging me, like, "Come on, let's do them, let's do them." And I was resistant; I was scared. I like I didn't 
know if they're going to be good or not, or people are going to show up, or if we, like, we're sales guys, we're not event guys, you know? <laughs> and, um, and lo and behold, August 2017, we did our first event at Rocket. We were expecting like 120, 130 people, and like 275 showed up, you know, as our first ever event. And that's when I think we knew, like, holy crap, we, we got something here. Now we just got to kind of tweak it and fine tune it. And, uh, and what's amazing is that the first, you know, year I think we did it, or maybe longer than it was just me and you. It's like, um, and I wonder how the heck did we do all that without going crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and now that we got this like full blown team, we got all these like incredible people that help us out. And uh, and yeah, it's it's been it's been phenomenal. I mean, it's opened so many doors for us and for other people. And and I think what makes it so special is that it's not just business. I mean there's been a lot of friendships yeah. that have been created out yeah. of this. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's, that's the core of all this is just have fun, make friends, have a good time. And if business comes out of it in some way, that that's a, that's a really nice cherry on top. It's a yeah. nice bonus, you know? And I think when people have that mentality, then ironically, that's when the best stuff happens when you're not really trying to force a square peg in a round hole. Right. It's like, we just, you just go and just be yourself in a good time. And then you take a genuine interest in other people and try and help other people first. Mm-hmm. Um, then whatever you're looking for, it's like it'll come. It'll it'll happen. It's just it just can't be forced. It has to be organic. And when you put a, a lot of good positive energy and karma out in the universe, I mean, it comes back to you tenfold. But sometimes it doesn't happen in the time frame as quick as you'd <laughs> like it. But but it, it does come back well, to you. Still got rent to make, and yeah, yeah. you know things like that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of the evolution of that, you know. So, so let's talk about that a little bit, okay? Because um, I, I, I agree. You know, networking is the long game. Yep. Um, I would almost see it as like, yeah, the human version of business development. Yep. You know, it's like a, it's not sales, you know, but you do that. You do sales activities, right? Yep. It's not marketing, but you do marketing promotion activities. It's exactly. kind of a combination of both. Right. Yeah. But then the objective, uh, if you're, if you're doing it, the relationship style is, is the long game. Yep. Right. Okay. So that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's going to serve you well over time. That's investing. Yep. Okay. But let's, Talk about that sales rep that does have that monthly quota. Oh yeah, you know how? What what kind of advice would you give them? Is is networking? Uh, if you do it, should you go into it only with the relationship mentality, or not do it at all? Or if you do have that, and you're so if you are that salesperson and you are underneath that pressure, you know yeah. how do you, how do you go in there? How do you balance that? So, so anytime I personally been in this situation or I know anybody else, um, then. As far as networking goes, then it's a couple things. And one is doing your homework and making sure you're going to the right events. Okay. Because if it's an event that's got 10 people, 20 people, 1,000 people, 500, you know, however many people, you're going to think, okay, who's, who's in the room? Is that your target audience? Is that the type of people that you can sell your product or service to? Is that the type of people you can partner with and do referrals to each other? Are they like an ancillary business in what you're doing? So that's the first thing. you got to figure, okay... Who, what kind of audience goes there? And what's cool is with, um, you know, with Facebook, LinkedIn, Meetup, uh, sometimes Eventbrite has this where you can actually see who's who's signed up, like who who's going to be there, and um, and that's where I'll do a lot of homework on the front end. I'll say, okay, yeah. wow, um, especially like with Meetup or like Facebook events, a lot of times there'll be like hundreds of people that say they're going. Now they wow. may they may or may not go, but 
but at least you can kind of look through and cross-reference them through like LinkedIn and other social media outlets and, and see, okay, what's the demographic of this audience? Who's going to be there? And you can determine, you know, is this even worth my time of going? And then the other thing is that what I've done over the years is I'll see who's going to be there. And I've, it's, it's kind of a little stalkerish, but I've, uh, I've reached out to people proactively before the event even started and said, Hey, I, I saw on meetup or I saw on this Facebook that you're going to be at this event. I'm going to be there too. And, you know, be, be great to meet you there, you know? And, and most people are like, Oh wow, that's Very receptive. Great. You know, yeah. most people are like, so that's awesome. You know? And then, and then some people, um, say, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm actually not going to go. I, I, I signed up for it. I said I'm interested, but actually I'm not going to be able to make it. But then I go, okay, cool. Like, hey, let's meet for a coffee. Let's meet for this or, or whatever. So so it's a it's a nice iceberg. It's a nice way to get that dialogue started wow. before the event even happens. And then, and then should you meet the person there and you have that kind of like dialogue on Facebook or Meetup or LinkedIn going on before the event, then when you do meet them, it's, it's not going to be as cold. Actually, it's kind of warmed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, let's say – you see people and you, they don't go to the event or you just don't see each other, then you have a reason to follow up with them too, you know? And yep. then and then also when you're looking through LinkedIn, Facebook, other social media outlets, you you look at these people, you see who are they connected to, you know, and who are your mutual friends, you know, and or where they go to college, you know, or what kind of hobbies do they have? And you find some sort of common grounds. So you have something to talk about that's not just, hey, I want to meet with you so I can sell you something. You know, it's like it's like you have a reason to talk to them and, and get that dialogue started. Um, and plus it shows you did your homework. You know, yeah. you're not just... You're prepared for the event. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that's how I advise people that, you know, do want to do the numbers game. I've got to hit some quotas is... You know, make sure you're going to the right events yep. and make sure you're um, doing your homework. You know, you're you're hunting, you know, with a you know sniper rifle with a laser scope and not a 16th century musket. You know, you want to be very laser beam focused on who you want to talk to and and have an agenda. And and also when you are at the event, you know, um, find a way to be very nice when you do end conversation with people because. If it's a numbers game, you want to meet as many people as you can, you know, maybe spend five or ten minutes and, uh, and find a nice way to break off conversations. You go talk to another batch of people and then really, you know, work that room as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, no, it's in, in exactly because the more people you talk to, the yeah. more conversations you're going to have, yeah. the more coffees you're going to end up with, Yeah, these different type of things. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about uh, the networking, you know, yeah. the whys, the hows, mm-hmm. uh, some suggestions yeah. on, on how to approach it. Um, if you're just a, if you're a salesperson trying to hit numbers or if you're someone out there just exploring opportunities and, uh, you know, or looking for business partners, networking can serve you well uh, oh, yeah. if, if you have a game plan exactly. uh, going into it. So it, that's on the attendee side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about the host side for you. Okay. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> I know personally you have a lot of different events that you yeah. that you host. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, talk a little bit about that and how that serves as business development these days. Yeah, well, well I'd say uh, when you're hosting events, um, there's so many different components that go into it because you got to think of where do you want to do it, when do you want to do it, what kind of audience do you want to have in the room. Is it going to be an event that's more general business for a wide variety of industries and demographics? Or is it, is it a very specific uh, industry you're focusing on, a very specific audience that you want to curate for that event? So there's a few different things you got to think about. But just uh, for for this 
topic, I'd say, you know, a general event, you know, one thing that me and you have found is that doing events in like the River North Loop area has mm-hmm. been very good for us, you know, generally on a Tuesday or Wednesday night from six to nine. So it's like after work, it's it's a night where people are receptive to going out, but it's not a Monday night, which people don't want to go on Monday night, but it's not Thursday night, which is kind of like Friday Eve where there's a lot of competition. Um, and also these venues we've worked with have been very flexible in uh, allowing us to do what we need to do and being very good on, uh, you know, the financial elements of it, making sure we're it's a fair deal for us and for them. But at the end of the day, it's like we're doing them a service because we're bringing a lot of people to their venues yeah. on a Tuesday or Wednesday night when it normally be like very slow or, or pretty dead. But um, I think when, when it comes to doing that, it's also the uh, – proper marketing on social media, mm-hmm. getting the excitement and the buzz out there, you know, showing pictures and videos of past events and it really, you know, turn up the hype machine a little bit. But but once the event does start, um, really that's when a, a, a switch goes off in my brain where mm-hmm. it's all about everyone in the room. It's all about them and, and are they having a fun time? Are they meeting good people? Are they enjoying themselves? Are they seeing value? Do they want to come back again? Do they want to bring their friends the next time, you know, and, and that's where I spend a majority of my night um, talking to people who I don't know as well or are pretty new. And I learn their story, you know, where are they from? You know, what brought you out tonight? Who, who's your audience? What kind of people do you want to meet? You know, and, and once I learn all this information, I start, you know, documenting my brain and then I think, okay, who in this room would be a good person for them to meet? And then I'll literally bring them to other people or bring other people to them. So that way, they, they see the value, but also I want people to have a different experience. It's like, it's not just a cattle yeah. call or people are thrown into a room together. I'm like, here, go talk. It's like, I want to um, initiate conversations and I want people to remember it. And I want them to have a great experience where they're going to want to come back again and again and again and tell their friends like, oh my God, you go to these events. They're awesome. And yeah. and I want them to know that, you know, that we, we actually do take the time and energy mm-hmm. to uh, to help initiate those meaningful conversations between people. It's, it's interesting yeah. that you mentioned that because in another conversation, um, I was talking to uh, Dean Delisle, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours, yep. and uh, he was talking about his team mm-hmm. approach, yep. right, where uh, he has five people that are really close in his network, yep. right, and he makes sure that he pays it forward with all those individuals as much as possible. He makes sure that he understands what they're trying to accomplish, uh, business, what have you. Yep. You know, and then in return, they're all looking after him. Yep. Exactly. You know? And and this is all in the business sense. It's it's passing business back and forth to each other. Yep. And it's a it's the referral system. Oh yeah. You know, and um, he he went on to say how. Your referrals are obviously the best type of business you can get. Your close ratios that much better. Oh, yeah. Different type of things. So what I'm getting at here is the more networking events you go to, the more people you meet. Yep. The more coffee meetings. Yep. The more opportunities you have to demonstrate your value to exactly. people. And, and um, when you have that opportunity and capitalize on it, that's when the referrals come. Exactly. And that's also another key point is that when it comes to networking events, that that's not the, it's not the desired end result. It's, it's a vehicle to get mm-hmm. those one-on-one meetings because, you know, you're not cold calling, you met them at an event and then 
and especially if you're nice and fun and engaging and whatnot, you're, you're very memorable and people are going to want to sit down with you again. Uh, you're not going to be that person who cold called them like 10 times in the last few weeks. You're that fun person they met at the event the other night and, uh, and they're going to want to sit down with you and talk to you. And, and that rapport is established. So mm-hmm. then when you do sit down and meet, it's going to be that much more um, productive of a meeting uh, because of how you, you met. And then when it comes to referrals, um, yeah, obviously the more events you go to, the more people you know, and the more energy you spend trying to help other people get what they want, then you'll get what you want like 10 times over. Yeah, no, that's, a, um, that's interesting. So now we're doing uh, a lot of different types of events, yeah. a lot of different audiences. Um, in, in this conversation, it's almost because it's designed to set up a whole referral system. Yep. You know, uh, which is fantastic. So outside of the networking piece, though, mm-hmm. um, I know that you've you've launched a business, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're also producing some content yep. as well. Uh, so, yeah, those seem to be some of the newer things on your on your horizon. You know, share with us. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I've been in the mortgage world for the last few years. And um, by doing that, um been able to help people, you know, be able to buy homes for the first time or get better, um, you know, interest rates on their uh, refinancing and whatnot. But uh, credit uh, scores have been a huge element of that. Um, so one thing I've done last few years to help differentiate myself from the mortgage people is help people get their credit scores up, whereas a lot of other people would, wouldn't work with them. They would say, oh, your, your scores too, I can't help you. So I've been doing that for years, and then when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden there was like a large influx of people I was working with that needed the credit help. So I started referring them to friends of mine that actually did credit repair for a living, and they said, "Hey, um, you're referring us all this business. Why don't you come work with us?" So I started, you know, officially doing credit repair back in May, and that's like gone gangbusters. And uh, so what I did was I started a new LLC called Financial Growth Partners, which is a way that if someone needs Congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the LLC just launched this recently. And um, so if anybody needs to get a residential mortgage, I can help them. If someone needs to get their credit score up, I can I can help them. If someone needs uh, debt consolidation help. If someone needs a commercial loan for their business, um, someone wants to be able to pay off their mortgage in 7 to 10 years instead of 25 years. Yeah. I got these different businesses that I have access to because at the end of the day, Greg, I'm – I'm not an expert in all these things, but what it is is I get connections of people in all these different spaces, so I can be that one-stop resource mm-hmm. for people to go to that either I can work with them directly or I got a massive network of people that specialize well, that I can pass them on to. You know what, and, and that's just it, right? Because when people have a buying decision to make, yeah, okay, the one of the first things they do is they go out and they, they ask people, you know, hey, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Have you worked with this person? Have you done this? And then that, you know, and that's a process. Yep. Okay. And it can be a timely process. Oh, yeah. Right. And if you are a, a business owner and you don't have enough time in the day to begin with, like this whole vetting process of finding people can, can be very, it, it could yeah, it could take up a lot of bandwidth. Oh, yeah. So what's nice is someone like yourself, right, with all these different relationships, uh, you've earned and established this trust, yep. this personal brand, Tony P, you know, and people can come to you. What's interesting is some of the some of the things that you mentioned with credit repair, yeah. mortgages, you know, the, the finance. Mm. These seem to be very personal. 
Oh yeah. Uh, items for people that yeah. I mean, me personally, uh, you know, I don't want to share. I'm not rarely ready to share that with just anybody. Of course, yeah. you know what I mean. So, so it's kind of like, um, you know, over the years of the networking, and obviously you were in sales and stuff like that, but you had that you had that long goal mm-hmm. in mind of developing all those relationships you know keeping in touch with people yep. over the years and uh linkedin and then when the time was right you launched the events and now you're servicing all these people with all these different events and now you got this trusted brand built in and you in a referral network essentially that you've established for yourself exactly yeah i mean yeah. it and and uh i forgot who said did this. you even know you were doing all this all along it just kind of, it just <laughs> kind of the question. Yeah. But, you know, it just kind of, it's kind of just naturally just kind of developed over yeah. time. And, and the thing is when it comes to reputation, it comes to everything you do, it's like you spend an entire lifetime building all this and it could be gone in a heartbeat by just making one bad move or saying the wrong thing to the wrong person, you know? So, so it's a lot of work because you got to make sure that you're you're doing the right thing for people and you're 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 putting other people first and you're taking care of them and 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 being that trusted advisor because you know people have a lot of options for mm-hmm. events they have a lot of options for different goods and services and solutions that they need so if you're that person that could provide the answers and and be trustworthy and be reliable then yeah people are going to keep going to you and then and then if someone comes to you with something that you don't do or it's not your your thing, then uh, I at least spend time trying to find the answers for somebody or at least get them connect with someone who's better suited to take care of them than I am, you know? And sometimes it's been situations where I had a product or service I was selling and I had competitors that had a better price point or a better service than I did or just a better fit for the client. I'd refer them over and they'd be like, wait, you're, you're telling me to go buy your competitor's <laughs> product? I'm like... Like, yeah, it's like, I hate to admit it, but the, what, what you need and what they have is I think it's a better fit for, you know, and, uh, and people are like, wow, that, that's amazing, you know, but then people like that, then they'll refer me business from other people I might be a better fit with, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, people appreciate that, that honesty and that candor because they don't, they don't see it that much because most people are trying to line their own pockets, you know, and I'm always looking out for the other person's best interests. And then I figure, okay, well, somehow my turn will come up, you know, if I do the right thing for others, then good things will eventually come back to my plate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, one of the things that, um, you know, I've learned from you, quick words, I always say, givers gain. Yep. You know, it's just real simple. More people you can help out, you know, the more people help you out. It's, It's pretty simple, you know? Yeah. Um, so, networking the new the new venture mm-hmm. the business mm-hmm. um you know obviously you got your hands in quite a bit what's the what would you say the the newest exciting most exciting thing is right now for you in your world you know uh i'd say uh the other thing too is is what we're doing with hubio has been like really exciting because it feels as though it's kind of like a a culmination of everything we've done in our sales mm-hmm. careers because it's you know, it's the lead generation, it's the email marketing, it's, you know, it's like, you know, we're 14 different products and services that we can do, and it's very disruptive, you know, and I think that a lot of what we've done um, has kind of led up to this, you know, um, that um, we got all these different products and services in our at our fingertips that we're bringing to market, 
and we got the events and we got all these other businesses. And I think what's so cool is how it all just ties together, you mm -hmm. know, because right now the world we live in with, uh, you know, the coronavirus and how that's changed, you know, the, the landscape of the world in so many different ways, shapes and forms. Um, you know, the fact that me and you are consummate sales guys, we're always trying to find different ways to get in front of people and, and make business happen to have the, the Hopio platform, you know, is our, our latest, uh, you know, weapon or latest piece of our arsenal <laughs> to unleash on the world is, is pretty exciting, you know? So, um, so, um, I'm excited to, to really grow that into something massive. I think we're, we got an awesome star. We got a phenomenal team and, uh, I think everything that we're doing and tying it along to hub you, I think, uh, I think it's a winning formula. We just got to, uh, just keep pushing and executing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the last thing, um, I'll I'll just kind of tie into here. It's just um, going again with with your giving back. Yeah. You know, you since the day I've known you, uh, you've been involved with multiple nonprofits. Mm -hmm. You know, throughout Chicago, these type of things. You're always one of the first people to jump in and share and help somebody. Uh, I I've seen so many people be you know just in, um, enthralled with with your ability to help others so it's a we all appreciate that and then um you know now you're now you're writing blogs and you're providing thought leadership and content to people as well so what's next uh you know that that's a great question i mean i think um i think it's a matter of just taking everything that we're doing and just uh you know continuing on with it and expanding on it but um i think uh right now um you know, focusing on doing more events too. Once uh, things become safe in the world and we can do bigger uh, events like we've done in the past, because I think that's going to continue opening more doors for us. And uh, and also, you know, who knows? Maybe at some point we take what we're doing and we we go to other cities. You know, and obviously we're doing pretty good in Chicago, which is our, our backyard. But I think that we might be able to take some of what we're doing and, and taking other major markets as well and setting up teams in other places. I mean, so we just got to yep. see how, uh, how the world shapes up in the next several months and when uh, things open up again and how uh, more we can push the envelope and how much more crazy adventures we can get ourselves into. Well, thank you, Tony, so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Appreciate your friendship. Appreciate everything that you've done for the community of, of Chicago and bringing all these people together. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on your show today, too. This has been great. Thank you to our audience uh, for joining us on our episode of the Science of Business Development. If you'd like to get a hold of myself or any of our guests, Tony, we'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Thank you so much and have a great day.